promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak-willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Hello and welcome back to the Tread Weary Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Carlton Smee, and I always look forward to this every single week as we gather around the Word of God to discover what it is that He has to teach to us, especially when it comes to our freedom in Christ. The Tread Weary Podcast is the audio arm of treadweary.com, and the, the goal is for us to understand how the life of the sinner is sort of this treadmill that we get on, and we continue to think, well, this time I'm going to get where I'm going. This time I'm going to get better. This time I'm going to get more holy. And, and we start to discover that we never do, that something always comes back in our face to help us see our sin, the places in which maybe we do not love, trust, and fear God above all things. And Treadweary stands for, a, a, for the folks who are tired of that, who are needing to have Christ come and for Christ to do his work of making us enough, of giving us his gifts, of, of creating in us that which is pleasing to him. And part of that is creating worshipers. And so we've been going through the Gospel of John, and we've been looking at it through the lens of worship. And we are now to uh, chapter 16, and we're going to be doing a couple of, of sessions on chapter 16, and then we're going to do all of his prayer together, I believe, in 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 one uh, session from chapter 17. And then after that, we have we have Calvary and the betrayal and everything else. So if you have your Bibles, you can join with me. You turn to John chapter 16. And we'll be reading from, of course, verse 1. I've told you these things to keep you from stumbling. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you will remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going away to him who sent me, and not one of you asks me where are you going. And because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me, and about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we ask that you might take from what is yours and declare it to us now. Help us to see in your word the places where you are freeing us from our own sinfulness. 
in granting us the freedom that is in Christ. And we ask that your spirit would speak to open up our ears and our eyes to understand your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, this is another long section about the Holy Spirit. And and John does a very good job of trying to outline for us what we need to understand in some way, shape, or form about the Spirit. And we've talked about it a little bit before, so some of this is going to be review or, or a rehash. But here, Jesus begins by saying, I've told you these things to keep you from stumbling. And, and the, the word also, uh, it's scandalon, it's, it's, it's this... Yeah, it's a, it's another word for being tripped up, being trapped, um, even even uh, in, in some respects sinning. Um, but he he's telling us so that we will not be tripped up by the fact that some bad stuff is going to come. And he says they'll ban you from the synagogues. They're they're talking about removing them from the the realm of what is worship, the the gathering of the people, and saying that that. Uh, they're going to kick you out and you're going to be removed from the community center of your church, of your of your community. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to God. Religious violence is a norm. In fact, uh, we we can see it happening in our own churches when people uh, go after one another in, in trying to create a pure church. And trying to create, well, we're, we're going to have a pure church. We're going to get rid of all the sinners. And, and we're going to have a, a pure church. We're going to do God's will in this. And it's one of those things that gets dangerous. Because even in Lutheran circles, we talk about how in our preaching we have law and we have gospel. These are these two words that come to us all the time. The law to convict us of our sin and to drive us to Christ. The gospel to free us from that sin. But the problem is, is that more often than not, our hearts are turned towards the law. Our hearts are always turned towards uh, judging ourselves and judging one another. Judging ourselves to say, well, I could do better. I can get better. I'm going to be better. It's why the self-help section in the bookstore is the big, one of the biggest sections in the bookstore. Uh, it's a billion-dollar industry. Or, or judging others. Right now, we're in a culture in which uh, the majority of our cultural heroes that have been our heroes for the last 200, 300 years are being judged by their warts, being judged by their sins. That they're, and because they're dead, there's no way for them to atone for that, to give their pound of flesh to those who are desiring, desiring retribution. And so they're being erased. They're being what they're called canceled. Um, and, and it's happening not just to dead people. It's happening to living people as well, where we are... The, the the default for the sinner is turning towards uh, the law, turning towards judgment, turning towards a removing of someone who does not meet our standard, what we want. And so he says that, that people are going to kill you and they, they're going to think that they are doing God's work in doing that. And, and, Take it away from martyrdom and just just make it about the way that we hate one another and treat one another and, and remove one another. Or or talking about you know churches that that um, that try to to say well we're not going to associate with so and so because they don't worship in the right way, or or or, or whatnot. It it's it's a troubling place, but then it 
opens up the door as he as he's laying out all this bad stuff that's going to happen. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me, so they haven't understand what understood what God is going to do. But I've told you these things so that when their time comes, you will remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. That that Christ is with us. Uh, was with the with the disciples there and, and with us too, but in, in a different sense. But he's he's basically saying right now you can't bear this stuff, but I'm going to tell you these things so that you remember. Oh, so this is the way the world works. This is the way our sin works. Being reminded of our own sinful selves instead of looking at the sins of others or or making uh, lists in our head when the preacher is talking about a particular sin. And, but he says, but, I, but now I'm going away to him who sent me, and not one of you asks me, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Saying that he's going to depart. He's, he's setting them up for the ascension. He's setting them up for the fact that he's going to die and rise and ascend and sit at the right hand of the Father and come again to judge the living and the dead, as we confess in the creed. But he talks about how they're sad. But then he says, nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. It's a good thing that Christ ascended and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because people who sit down after a long day's work are done. They've finished. The task is done, either for that day or forever. In Christ, it's forever. He sits down at the right hand of the Father because victory has been won. He, He sits down at the right hand of the Father because there's no more extra stuff that needs to be done. It's finished. It is. It is complete. And then he says, "Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. The advocate, the the Paraclete, the 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 Holy Spirit will not come. Jesus being this finite being, in the sense that although he was God incarnate in human flesh, he could not be in Beijing and New York City at the same time. Whereas the Spirit can be anywhere at all times in all places. God." The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, being where where the ears are opened by by God to hear the word proclaimed, and so Jesus going away, it actually becomes a good thing because now the Spirit comes to do the work of of helping us hear a preacher come to us and free us. To, to be able to have the Spirit do its work to open our ears that we might hear the word of God. And have it come in the way that we need it to come to us. And so here he says, when he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. These, these three things. About sin because they do not believe in me. Uh, the, the, the conviction from the Spirit in, in, that, in that thing causing belief, causing faith, causing ones to hear of this Christ. And the conviction coming to those who say, no, I don't need him. Or, or giving Christ the finger, as I usually like to say. It's kind of crude, but I don't care. Uh, also about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me. Why? Because our righteousness is in Jesus. Our righteousness is not in anybody else. And so the Spirit has to come and open our ears and convict us, convict our hearts of the work that this, that Christ has done to make us realize that we are not righteous on our own. We are righteous because of the work that Christ has done. And so it, it, 
it, it causes our, it, it, tra- it should transform our worship in the sense that our worship should continually be the spirit working, not only to convict us of our sin, but also to convict us of any righteousness that we think we have and turning us towards the righteousness of Christ, turning us towards the one where everything good about us lies in Christ, not in ourselves. And then he says about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I love that. We usually think judgment as convicting us because Christ is going to come and and destroy us. He's going to come and sit on his great white throne in judgment and he's going to damn us to hell and we're screwed. Well, here, what does he say? He's going to convict the world of judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Convict the world of judgment because the one who is the categorizer, the one who comes and accuses is going to is has been judged. He he's it's been done. It, it's completed. The devil is is a loser, and Christ is now coming to be able to say, "All judgment is in my hands, and the decision has been made, and it's made in the image of Calvary." That this one who spread his arms to be nailed to the tree is, is the one where our righteousness stands, where our sin goes to die, and all of that including judgment, lies with him. The decision, the deciding force lies with him, and that decision was made perfectly there on Calvary. Well, finally, he says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is this is setting up for us as the church to be able to say, we the scriptures matter for us because it's this conveyance of Christ's word to us, and it's the conveyance of of. Uh, where the Spirit can speak to us, the Spirit of truth, that that we have the the Scriptures for the the Spirit to do its work in our hearts, in our minds, in our ears, so that we might know this Christ, and Christ has gone away, but the Spirit brings us the gifts of Christ through His through the words spoken to us, coming from the Scriptures, coming from the preacher who hopefully is preaching from the Scriptures. And he says, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. Do you hear that? He'll speak whatever he hears. He'll also declare to you what is to come. He'll speak whatever he hears. What, what has been spoken of Christ will also be spoken again and again and again. That's why the gospel matters. It's why the gospel should be preached every Sunday. Pastor, it, it's, it's the reason why when Paul says, I wish to know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified, we have to continually put that in front of the face of our congregants because their default is going to either self-righteousness or self-condemnation. And so we have to bring that to them because because we are, like I said, our default is the law. You can find the law anywhere. You can find conviction anywhere. You can, you can see it with COVID, with not doing the right things the right way, not wearing the right mask, not hand sanitizing enough, not washing hands enough, not standing outside the six-foot bubble. These laws that come to us to convict us of that we can't do everything perfectly. And the grace comes to us in the Spirit, being declared to us from Christ that he's the one who brings us that freedom. And says, he will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. That it is that the spoken word of Christ comes through the Holy Spirit, opening our ears, that we might hear what it is that Christ has already said and will continue to say to us. Everything the Father has as mine, that is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. This essential nature of Christ coming to us and 
opening up for us his word that we might know where we can find what it is that we need, what it is that, that is, is necessary to always point us to Christ that we might find the freedom that comes in him. Well, that was a short passage for us for this week. My prayers are that you continue to read the scriptures, continue to look for it through the lens of worship. This, this whole section dealing with the Holy Spirit is basically a softball when it comes to worship because everything about it is connected to the preaching office. It's connected to the fact that even right now, if your church is closed and all you're getting is a live stream, if the word is being proclaimed and the gospel being given to you, gifted by Christ, then the church is doing its job and worship is happening in the way that it is. It doesn't need the show. It doesn't need the glitz. It doesn't need the glamour. It doesn't need the rock music and and smoke and, and all that stuff. What it needs is the scriptures opened, the spirit to open your ears that you might hear that Christ is enough for you and that your righteousness is hidden in him, that, that everything that you have that is good of what God seeks of you is in Christ. And that frees you. It frees you so that you don't have to spend your days trying to make sure, oh, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Or And it frees you from eyes being opened to see all the ways that other people are, are not doing things right. It frees you from bad sermons. It frees you from uh, hypocrisy in the church. It frees you from the gossip of the circles frees you from all of that stuff because none of it matters when it comes right down to it. All of it needs to point back to Christ and what Christ comes to speak to you. Well, I pray that God would continue to be with you and we will be gathering again here next week to finish up chapter 16. But until then, go with the blessings of God upon you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 